It's time for the Crunch Time Plays podcast, where we talk all things sports from the collegiate level all the way up to the pros. And now, here's your host, Bennett Ganey. Hey, what's up? This is Danny Wexelman. Hey, everyone. I'm Steffi Smalls. What's up, everyone? It's Ben Lindsay. This is Andrea Carter. Hey there, it's Brooks Austin. And you are watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays. What's happening, everybody? Thanks so much for watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays today. Got another exciting guest for you today as we wind towards the college football season. It'll be here before we know it. And we've got Dennis Dodd. He's one of the best. He covers national writer for CBS Sports and and Dennis, thanks so much for for taking time. I know you're you're a really busy man with the with the football season uh, getting underway here. So really appreciate you taking a few minutes. Absolutely, Bennett. Uh, I'm getting a little fired up myself. It's gonna be really busy soon. Oh, it really is. And I just wanted to start in the uh, in the SEC, kind of go around to some of the some of the major contenders for this year. Just like look, just looking at at Alabama and Georgia, kind of in the SEC. You know, they're the two two hot topics. Georgia, of course. They, this is Kirby's probably best opportunity to to win a national championship. And we talk about the the kind of concerns that they had going into the offseason, had a had a concern after the the George Pickens injury at wide receiver. Of course, they go out and get Eric Gilbert to kind of uh, fit that need. And then they had had some needs in the secondary, and they go out and and sign Tyke Smith and Darian Kendrick in the transfer portal. Then you look at Alabama; their schedule is is just brutal going through the West. Got to go to A and M. To Auburn, of course, you got Ole Miss. That if they can even put any resemblance of a defense out there, I think they're going to be in in good shape with Lane Kiffin and that offense. That's always going to be a challenge for Alabama. And then LSU is going to LSU is going to bounce back again this year. But when you kind of look at the SEC, uh, what do you see from from Georgia and Alabama specifically? Well, earlier this year, I, I thought I had Georgia favored to win the league. I you know I just couldn't see past losing six first round draft choices and all those award winners and coaches and everything else. And then Nick goes out and gets from the transfer portal, you know, Jameson Williams and Henry To'o To'o among others. Uh, I think Bryce Young, who, you know, we haven't seen much of, uh, is going to be a step up uh, from Mac Jones, if that's believable or not, the United's award winner because of his plus one ability. Um, and you mentioned the schedule. Don't forget Florida, too, I think, in week two or three. So I, I think it's a discussion point. I, I was I said this is going to be the year for Georgia. Now I'm not so sure. I think there's a there's a great argument on both sides. Yeah, I mean, I, I really do, too. When you kind of look at kind of look at going uh, match for match in terms of the transfer portal, Georgia goes out and get gets Eric Gilbert, Darren Kendrick, and then Alabama adds – a weapon to the offensive side of the ball in Jamison Williams, then obviously a, a tremendous linebacker and and Henry Toa Toa. So Kat, Kirby and uh, and Coach Saban playing uh, cat and mouse a little bit uh, in the transfer portal in the in the race for the SEC. Yeah, this has turned out to be what a lot of people thought it would be. Um, free agency, you throw in the one time transfer now, and all these coaches who cried wolf and talked about you know again free agency and it's going to hurt the game i don't see any of them laying out (laughs) they're they're all participating in this to improve their rosters so the interesting thing was that the deadline for that this year was uh july 1st next year it's going to be may 1st so right after most of the spring games you're going to see just a bum rush of uh of transfers you know guys that didn't get uh 
you know, lost position battles, let's put it that way, uh, both skilled players and, and interior line and everything else. So that moves it up. It's less than 10 months away. It's nine and a half months away. So that's going to be one of the biggest dates on the football calendar going forward, I think. Yeah, that is certainly a certainly a, a really great date to for people to to be watching out for, and then and kind of moving kind of up up the road a little bit uh, to the ACC. Is it? Do you, can you see anybody uh, challenging Clemson this year? I know North Carolina and Miami they're they're kind of starting to close the gap a little bit, but then they p- play each other, of course, in the coastal. And the North Carolina's mm-hmm. got got Notre Dame, and, and Miami's got Alabama to start the season. And so when you look at when you look at Clemson, you look at and their defense is going to be a lot better uh, than it was last year. It's going to be one of the top in the country. And then and DJ Uyagule is going to step in to, and be the starter for Clemson. But but can you see anybody anybody in the ACC, North Carolina or Miami, possibly even challenging them? And and do you, do you even see the gap closing at all between Clemson and, and teams like North Carolina and Miami? I, I don't, um, and I'll tell you why. You know, I, I would maybe pick North Carolina to be in there. But after losing those receivers and those running backs, it's going to be hard. I know there are replacements. I know there are guys coming in there. Uh, and Sam Howell's a Heisman candidate. Uh, but, you know, they did win only eight games last year. You're talking about, gosh, having to win 10 and facing, uh, you know, having to beat Clemson at some point. I, I just don't see it for all the reasons you mentioned. I, I think in a lot of ways they're going to get better at quarterback. DJ Ua Angalele has a chance just – not only with his feet, I think he might be a little more dynamic than Trevor, and that's saying a lot. Um, you know, Justin Ross returns, Lynn J. Dixon, you know, is not going to be as good at tailback than they had, but he's not bad. Uh, and and the defense, I think, is is now young and really, really stout. So they're, they remain head and shoulders above, I think, everyone in the ACC. I'm not sold on – uh, Miami yet under Manny Diaz six and seven, then go eight and three during COVID. They get a great boost by getting Derek King back. That knee injury forced him back to play another year, and that that gives them a chance. Um, I don't think they'll they'll beat Clemson, but I think these days when you've got a quarterback, you've got a chance. Uh, that puts them right in position. But Clemson does it. So, I mean, we just talked about what we know about, you know, we haven't even talked about recruiting or play calling or player development or anything like that. And that's where Dabo has everyone, most everyone beat these days. Yeah, he, he really does. They're able to go out and, and select the players uh, that they want either in South Carolina or, or outside of South Carolina in the, in the recruiting process. They're just really doing an incredible job. Uh, up there, and then kind of looking uh, outside of the the southeast a little bit, because we know that's the that's the major footprint in terms of of kind of making the teams that are going to make a splash in the college football playoff. Just kind of looking at at the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, and the and the Pac twelve. I think the the Pac twelve is probably going to cancel uh, itself out this year, playing those nine conference games. Don't really see any dominant uh, teams out there. You, USC and Washington are kind of the the two teams that that I. You're kind of watching out for outside of Oregon, but but when you kind of look at at Oklahoma, uh, Iowa State in the Big Twelve, and then Ohio State in the Big Ten, the job Ryan Day does at Ohio State is is incredible, and then don't not really sure whether they're going to do it quarterback yet with with C.J. Stroud there. Uh, then they're they're scheduled the first two games they go at at Minnesota, and then they come home to Oregon. But then you talk about uh, Oklahoma, they, this is probably their 
best opportunity uh, as well. We talk about this being Georgia's probably best opportunity. This is Oklahoma's best opportunity. You know, they've been a, a playoff contender the last few years under Lincoln Riley, but they've never been a national championship contender. But now with Spencer Rattler back in that defense uh, being as, as being as rock solid as it's probably going to be this year, there's definitely a chance for for some more parity in terms of in terms of the you know the major players in the playoff this year. I think this is going to be the best Oklahoma team that Lincoln Riley's had. I know it's only been five years, but in those four years, he's been to the playoff three times, and quote unquote broke in a quarter, new quarterback last year with Spencer Rattler, who was better as time went on, and he entered this season as the Heisman favorite. Uh, maybe not pronounced, but I think he is the Heisman favorite right now because he what what he accomplished last year. They've got Marvin Mims, who was a freshman All-American at uh, receiver. They get Kennedy Brooks back uh, after he sat out due to COVID. But the biggest reason I really like Oklahoma as a really a top three team uh, is is the defense. This could be the best defense that Alex Grinch has had there. Um, his name started to get mentioned for head coaching jobs around the country because of what he has done. And that's what separated Oklahoma once they get to the playoff from making another run. They just were they were non-competitive defensively. So if they can just be average or a little bit above average this year, I think they've got a chance. They, they will win the Big 12. I, 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 as good as, uh, as Iowa State's been, and they're as good as they've ever been, I think they have a chance to win 10 games. I just think Oklahoma has more talent. They'll play each other two times, or you would think so if they uh, if they finish one two in the division. But I, I've, I've been around Oklahoma for years, and I really really like what they have these days. It's a it, it, they're finally a complete team, or as complete as I can remember it. Yeah, that that's really what what kind of draws the the line for me in terms of, of them boot, getting boosted up this year to a national championship contender is. That defense, of course, we know what what Lincoln Riley and Spencer Rattler are going to do uh, on offense, but really that that defense is what is what separates it out. And and you had a the last couple of questions that I had for you. You know, we're, we're wrapping up on time here, but whenever we look at coaches that that could be on the hot seat this year, I know you had a great uh, article today about that on CBSSports.com that I would encourage everybody to read. But but who are some of those coaches that that could be on the hot seat this year? Is it a you know, Jim Harbaugh, Justin Fuente, of course, is in some hot water in Blacksburg. He's kind of uh, been – had some unproven results. So who are a few of those coaches that, that fans really need to be watching out for as far as being on the hot seat this year? Yeah, you mentioned them. Um, Scott Frost, Justin Fuente, um, Jim Harbaugh, certainly. Um, Clay Helton at USC is interesting. He actually is on the hot seat, but it's cooler for him this year. He – in that COVID year, they went 5-0 and and then lost the Pac-12 championship game and returned maybe the best quarterback in the league in Keaton Slovis. They've got, a, a I guess, an established running game now, um, and they're better defensively. The problem there is a lot of those fans at USC don't want to see um, Clay Helton succeed because they think they can do better. I don't know what's out there for them right now. They had a chance to get Urban Meyer a couple of years ago, but the administration didn't step up. So I almost feel sorry for Clay Helton. He's rented space on that hot seat list by me every year. But he did land a top 10 recruiting class. Uh, he got the number one player in the country in Corey Foreman, a defensive end out of Southern California. And they are trending up. I mean, I don't know if they'll be a, a, a playoff team. There haven't been any playoff teams um, 
there's only been two of the, in six of the CFP have been playoff teams, none of them USC. But really the class of the West Coast is Oregon. Uh, I think Oregon's head and shoulders above everybody else, even though they lose Tyler Shuck to Texas Tech. Clearly, um, you know, Mario Cristobal didn't want to go with him. So now they get Anthony Brown, the transfer from BC, who's was a little more of a, a run pass guy. But they've got, with Travis Dye in the backfield, they've got almost everybody back um, and a really solid defensively. He's built that team in the, the image of an SEC team. They're very good on both lines, which will serve him well in terms of national um, acclaim. And you mentioned that second week when they go to Ohio State is going to be one of the biggest games in the year and probably one of the biggest games in the years for the Pac-12. As I mentioned, they need to get their mojo back. They need to win one of these big games. Yeah, they really do, and they also need to to put themselves uh, in position for the for the college football playoff. And Oregon can certainly do do a great job of that by going in uh, to the shoe and winning that game. And and Cristobal definitely both lines of scrimmage certainly resemble an SEC team, and they're they're recruiting on a national level now. They just went into to Texas last week and got Kelvin Banks really uh, establishing uh, some footprint there around the country wherever they wherever they want to go, especially with, with NIL. I think that's going to be a big thing uh, for Oregon fan, or parents and, 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 you know, relatives being able to travel up there uh, to Oregon to watch their kids play from different states. But, but the final question that I have before I uh, let you go is you know, we've got a big South Carolina audience. So I wanted to ask you from, from a national perspective, uh, Shane Beamer in the first year at South Carolina, he's going to have some, going to have some struggles, but if you start, you know, you start out five and two, you got an opportunity to, to get to a bowl game, even though the, the last five games of the year is, is just brutal. But but with the with the great start I am recruiting that he's had and and with the, some some positivity uh, in this honeymoon phase surrounding that program, what do you kind of see from from Shane Beamer in the next few years? Uh, well, uh, I think a bowl game would be like the Super Bowl for the Gamecocks this year. I You know, uh, as much as Shane Beamer is um, admired, around the country and at South Carolina, he's never been a coordinator. Um, he's never recruited on this level. So, you know, a, a Brian Harson at an Auburn is a little bit ahead of him in that respect in terms of new coaches in the SEC. But I understand that the arrow is pointing up, but when you're in the same state with Clemson, that's going to, that's going to be hard to overcome um, as it is. So I'm really curious to see how Shane matures and progresses as a head coach before, you know, I, I don't even want to go two or three years down the line. Cause I don't know. I don't know if anybody knows right now. That's definitely true. And Dennis, I know you're taking up uh, more time to, than you had. So I really appreciate your, your time, but can you let everybody know where they can find you on social media real quick and where they can find your content as well? Yeah, real easy. Uh, the website is uh, cbssports.com. Twitter, anytime, hit me up, DM me at Dennis Dodd, CBS. You can read it right there, right there. Yep. Well, Dennis, thanks so much for taking time. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks so much, Bennett. And thanks so much to Dennis for coming on today. And thank you for watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. It's been another edition of Crunch Time Plays. God bless everybody. <laughs>